But we are in the third week of our series called Thank You or Thank You Notes. And uh, week one, if you weren't here, we talked about uh, that every good thing comes from God. That we give thanks and we're thankful because God has given us every good thing. And that thankfulness is the byproduct of those things. And then week two, last week, we talked about honoring. And we said, you know, we're going to honor up, not, not just because, like, we technically have to. Like, if you're thinking in a job sense, you honor your bosses. Or, who, or if, you're in a, if you're a kid, you know, you honor your parents. You know, we are kind of told that when we're little, that you have to honor me no matter what. But we're going to honor up, honor down, and honor all around. So in all aspects of our lives, in all areas of our lives, we are going to choose to honor and bless people whenever we can. And so today, week three, we're going to be talking about how we can move this idea forward. How we can take thankfulness and put feet to it and live it in our daily lives. And so one of the verses that's kind of been a theme verse for this series is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And it says this, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And we belong to Christ Jesus. As followers of Jesus, as people who have chosen to take that step of faith, to be chosen to say, you know what, I am a believer. I have chosen to follow Jesus. God's plan is that we would look at everything that he has given to us and choose to be thankful for it. To choose to live with this idea of just being thankful for all the good things. And so I'm reminded of in our last series, the prayer series, where we talked about in the very first week, we talked about adoring God and giving God adoration. About just saying, God, you are amazing. You are worthy to be praised. And I'm just, you know, astounded by who you are. Just just stating facts about who God is. And, and really just thinking and just praising God for the simple things that often that I might take for granted. And so what we, what we want to talk today is that adoration, like when we're in this relationship with Jesus, adoration leads to thankfulness, and then thankfulness turns into generosity. And so it's a perfect week to be kind of talking about this, and today specifically. I don't know if you were at the Big Give yesterday, but it was an incredible event at the Walmart in Bonnie Lake, excuse me, where we were able to feed just tons of people. Thad's going to have all the specifics of the numbers about the big give at the end of our uh, service today. But just the, the fact that today, a day later, 24 hours almost to the dot of yesterday, we were in a Walmart's parking lot tearing down and just saying, God, you've done it again. You've done an awesome thing. And I, I look back to when the big gift first started when we were giving food and meals outside of the back of a truck at Liberty Ridge Elementary. And just, I don't even remember the exact numbers from that time, but just thinking how it mer- like changed, morphed into something great and something awesome that we were doing years and years later. And so thank you to everyone who gave and participated yesterday. Thank you to each and every person who just prayed about it and had it in their minds and hearts over the course of the last week and really months. This takes a lot of planning, and so thank you for everything. But we're also this week four days before Thanksgiving. And I don't know about you, Thanksgiving is kind of high up there in my life, mostly because you're mixing food and football. And for me, there's nothing better than that. And so, you know, I wish I lived in Detroit. Actually, no, I don't. But I mean, I wish that my team had a guaranteed Thanksgiving um, football game each and every Thanksgiving. And so they should do that for Seattle, you know. So 
all of us can celebrate. I would say Green Bay, but I don't want to be selfish. I want to give back. And so uh, that's, you know, that's how humble I am. So, uh, but I don't know about you. What's your Thanksgiving traditions? One of my favorites and something you probably all do or a lot of you might do is going around the table when you're getting ready to eat and just saying like one or two things that you're thankful for. And I remember just always looking back at that time and some years it's just like, oh, do we have to do this? And then other years it's like, oh, I really want to do this. And so as we mature, I find that you become more and more thankful for the things and the blessings that we have in our lives. And so it just reminded me of just in this series talking about every good thing that God has given us and the opportunity, opportunity that we have this week to sit with our families or our friends or anyone around the table just to sit there and be thankful and to look at what God has given to us. And it goes back to honoring. So sometimes we sit in those times and I, re- I look back and I think, a lot of times you're th- I'm thanking God for, I, I, when I was a kid, I'd, I'd think of things that were totally dumb. I'd think, be thankful for, I'm really th- thankful for my N64 that I can play Mario Kart and just have fun. And, you know, and so it can be something as meaningless as that. And then other times it becomes an honoring thing where you begin to have this time where you honor, like maybe it is your family. Like I remember one time I was just saying, you know, I'm really thankful for my mom. And it wasn't a joke. I wasn't just saying it, but I was really just thankful that I had a mom who invested into me and helped raise me and just turned me into the person that I am when I was saying this. And so it can be this time where we're thankful, we're honoring people around the table. And so each Thanksgiving, we have the opportunity to re-examine our lives in relation to God, and think about all that He has blessed us with. To turn it around and say, God, you have given me so much, and so I encourage you to take time this week and do that. And this year, it's interesting that Dave was talking about that during that uh, season song, and just thinking there are seasons. Where like last year, I was not all that thankful for just the things that are going on. I was dreading the holidays. I was dreading, you know, the first holiday season without my mom. But then to come around this year and to see the way that God has been faithful in so many different ways in my life, to say, God, you are faithful. I'm excited to be able to do that this Thursday during Thanksgiving. And so the hope of the last three weeks has really been that you'd be able to come to this week as the culmination of thankfulness and take inventory of your own life and to know that one, God loves you, and that he has blessed you in, a, in just whatever way applies to you. And that there are others that you get to honor in your life because maybe they've invested into you. And, and finally, just to be thankful in the sense of being thankful. To have something go deep inside of your soul that says, you know what, I am going to be thankful. And so today, we're putting legs to it. And so the big idea today is that thankfulness leads to generosity. Thankfulness leads to generosity. And so the kind of the order goes like this. I'm thankful towards God, and then my next step is to be generous towards others. Generosity is the byproduct of thankfulness. It's giving more than is necessary or expected. And so although I sometimes think that our culture uh, has a hard time connecting thankfulness and generosity, I do feel that there is this positive sense in all of us that says, I want to build on the things that I've been given to help someone else in the future. I think of this as like in my family. I think of the way my dad went to work each and every day and invested into our family so that we could have a better future than he had. 
And that's kind of like the frame of reference when I'm thinking about my family and our future, is that I want to build upon the foundation that was built inside of me to help something better in the future. And so you can read the news and you can see things and sometimes you think the exact same things. Maybe other people don't think quite as much, but I think deep down inside of us, and especially in those personal ways and personal relationships, we try and build off of where we are to be more generous to others. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. When we choose to acknowledge everything that God has given to us in our relationship with God, when we choose to put down roots into our relationship with Christ, to really invest time, the overflow is thankfulness. And today we want to talk about the overflow of thankfulness turning into generosity. And so thought one today is that God has blessed you to be generous. God has blessed you to be generous. A sign of spiritual development is if I've let the blessing that God has given me impact other people. That it's not just God has blessed me and I'm here just taking it in like a funnel, just letting it pour into me, but that eventually, as I've been letting God just pour into me, that eventually that blessing and that everything that I have inside of me from God begins to just overflow out so that other people are blessed as well. And this can happen in a number of different ways. But when we think specifically that God sent Jesus specifically for you, we talk about that all the time, that God came specifically and that he loves you personally and you can have this personal, deep relationship with Christ. That's what being a Christian is all about. We want to have that personal relationship with Jesus. So God sent Jesus specifically for you, but he also, in a sense, sent Jesus specifically for everyone. It needs to pour out. It needs to go past just you and go to other people. It needs to go into your family. It needs to go into your workplace, that encouragement. The things that God has given you have to overflow. In Philippians 4, 18 through 20, we read, uh, this is Paul speaking, and, we, and when we do think about that in Jesus and how he poured into people, then he sent them out. He poured first into his 12 disciples, and then after he died and rose again and ascended to heaven, he sent people out. And so we read in Philippians 4, 18 through 20, Paul, another apostle later down the line who also had a personal relationship with Jesus, talks about his encouragement from being blessed. And he says this, At the moment I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. What a cool name, Epaphroditus. The name of 2018 needs to be Epaphroditus. So just do it. Let's just make it happen. But they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice. Talking about the gifts you've received. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Paul was generously supplied with all that he needed by the people who were generous, by another church who chose to be generous and supplied the needs of Paul. The transformation of Jesus happened in the people amongst this church, and it went out and blessed Paul, and he's sending back thankfulness to them because of what they did. 
in honor of the relationship they had with God. The blessing we receive has to go past us. God loves you personally. Jesus loves you personally. But he also wants you to love your neighbor. And it's about living your life with this sense and posture of having an open hand. It's where you say, all that I am, God, is worthy for you to use however you see fit. However you want to use me, God, I choose to let you have it. And so when we live this life with our lives, and if we could actually picture our whole lives in the palm of our hand and just say, God, I want you to use me however you want me to use me. God, I want to walk along the path that you have for me. Are we holding our lives with closed fists or open hands? God wants to live us with open hands. That's how we live with true thankfulness. How, that's how we live and let thankfulness lead into generosity. It shows our devotion to God, but it also shows us how much we love our neighbor. In Matthew, there's a debate going on with Jesus and the elite ruler of the law. And so they're going back and forth. And the guy asks Jesus, he says, uh, what is the greatest commandment? What is the best thing, like the one greatest commandment? And so Jesus, knowing that he's trying to be trapped and that they're trying to get him, he's trying, if he says something wrong, they're going to pounce on him. He says this, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second, and this is really important what he says here, a second is equally important equally important. So this commandment that he's going to say next is equally important to the first one. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he concludes with this, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus wants all of us to understand that the response of everything we read in the Bible, the response of everything, if we could pick up any scripture and read through it and study it, it all points back to Jesus. And once we know that, once we've chosen to follow him and chosen to accept that love that God has for us, that he'd send his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins and raise again so that we might have life. Once we know that and have chosen to follow him in that, God wants us to return that love to him. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. But secondly, to love your neighbor as yourself. And if we break it down, we love God, and that's really equal to thankfulness. When we truly look at everything God has given to us, when we truly look at the sacrifice of Jesus, we can turn back and love God, and that's how we thank Him. We choose to love Him. But then we love others, and that's equal to generosity. When we take the love that God has for us and choose to show it to other people, that's when we begin living this generous life. And so how do we actually do this? How do we actually choose kind of in our minds to say, I want to live that, I want to make that connection. I want to turn from thankfulness to generosity. And so thought number two today is that generosity takes margin. And so margin, what, do, what is that exactly? Well, it's the space between what I've given or used up between, and then what I have. The space between what I've used and between what I have. And so the quick reaction and reflex is to automatically assume we're talking about money here. You know, it's like having a budget. It's margin is 
based is the the space of my budget between what I've spent and what I've actually earned. And so then in the Bible, actually in the Old Testament, it talks about farming a lot. And in Leviticus, we read that farmers are actually taught in Leviticus that you're not supposed to plow to the edge of your fields. You're supposed to leave a margin. And so what this is for is so that the poor and the foreigners are able to go into your field and be able to have a crop, part of your crop. And so this is the instruction that they're given, is to create margin in their crop for the blessing of other people. And so this principle is simply that you can't be generous with stuff that you don't have. You can't be generous if you don't have any margin in your life. If I have zero or negative something, then I can't bless someone with it. If I had negative balance, I wouldn't want to go and give someone and charge a credit card and go further in debt. That's not smart. Dave Ramsey says that's not smart. Don't use credit cards. Put them in your freezer. Cash only, you know. So I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. You know, you can use it, take it, take it or leave it. I've chosen to take it and I like it. So I might reference him again in just a second. But it's easy to apply this to money, farming, physical things, outward things. But can I apply this principle of margin when I'm talking about inward issues or aspects of my life? Can I apply it to things, for example, love, grace, and forgiveness? And I believe the answer is completely yes. And I believe that this is actually more important than if we're really focused on those outward things. It's all important, but you got to have the inward things figured out first. So some questions when I'm thinking about, do I have margin in these three areas of love, in grace, and in forgiveness? Do I pick and choose how I will express my love to others? Do I have this sense in love that there's an account of love stored up in me, and some people are worthy of it and some people are not? When it comes to grace, do I live my life in a way that exposes people to the grace that I have received from Jesus? And closely aligned is forgiveness. Have I chosen to withhold forgiveness from those who have may have wronged me in the past? Margin relates to these inward issues inside of us because the love of Christ in me is what begins to create that margin. And so what you find out is that the way that God has forgiven me has created margin inside of my heart so that I can forgive other people. The love of Christ in me has created and expanded my idea of what love is to create margin so that what I have already spent through my own maybe personal opinion of what love is, God's love in me has changed me to say, no, I can love a little more. I can love in a deeper and a more positive way. Where I thought in the past that maybe I had given all of this up, all of this love, grace, and forgiveness that I in my own you know, body have within me to give, the transformation of Jesus inside of me says, I think there's more inside of me. I've created margin within you in these specific areas so that you can love people in a deeper way, so that you can show grace to people in a stronger way, so that you can forgive those who may have seriously wronged you. And so I'm not saying that forgiveness equals, you know, saying that what they did was okay, but it's saying I'm not going to let it have a foothold in my life. I choose to forgive and move on. And so it's really important. But with the thing about inward margin is it takes three things. It takes planning, it takes sacrifice, and it allows for spontaneity. And so one of the greatest examples I could think of is just in the past month, 
uh, or past two months is since Reengage started. And if you don't know what Reengage is, it's a ministry started way back in the spring, and we've done some test groups in the spring, and we've done this kind of new pilot group in the fall, and we're getting ready to launch it to anyone who wants to be a part of it for your marriage. If you want your in marriage to be invested into and just to walk through some stuff and ask some really serious questions about your marriage and ask, you know, are we at the place that we want to be? And so you could be feeling like, you know, I'm a month or week away from divorce, re-engages for you. Or you could say, I'm in a state where, you know, I feel really good. Well, what, what re-engage has done is it showed me and Danny that there's always steps that we can take to grow our marriage. And so it's very, very exciting. And so the ways that has really shown us in these three specific areas is in the areas of planning, sacrifice, and spontaneity. And so when we're talking about planning, we had to commit to 16 Sunday evenings. And so it's just creating a plan. It's saying, I'm going to budget our time and understand that we're going to do this because we see the benefit of it. It takes sacrifice. 16 Sunday nights, you know, that's like the night before work. And it's like, you just want to hold on to that last bit of free time, but it's been worth the sacrifice. And finally, the spontaneity is, spontaneity is that it's shown us things in our lives where we weren't truly loving each other. And it's been totally exciting for our marriage because now we've chosen to love each other in a deeper and in a more powerful way. And then when you look at those areas of love, grace, and forgiveness, that has grown by so much just in the last two months by going through this program. And so this sounds like a selfish plug, a self-serving plug that you should be in re-engage in the spring. And it is that, but it's also like just how we can apply this to other areas of our life. And for you, like whether you're talking about marriage or you're talking about family relationships or relationships with your coworkers, is that the, the transformation of God in you in those areas of love, grace, and forgiveness creates the margin for you to interact with them so that you can choose love, so that you can choose grace, so that you can choose forgiveness in those key relationships in your life. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 28 talks about generosity, and it says this, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Kind of that closed fist and open hands idea. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. People curse those who hoard their grain, but they bless the one who sells in time of need. If you search for good, you will find favor, but if you search for evil, it will find you. Trust in your money and down you go, but the godly flourish like leaves in spring. And so can we apply margin to more physical things, more things that we can hold on to? And, and when we're talking about that, we're really talking about time, talents, and treasure. And we've talked about, about that before here at Open Life. In our series, Re, at the end of the summer, we talked about reinvesting, and we talked about time, talents, and treasure. In a series about uh, two years ago called More Than, we talked about this idea of finances and our time, talents, and treasure, and how we offer those up to God. So I'm not going to go in great detail I encourage you to go look at those, but to know where Open Life stands on this, when we're talking about outward margin, when we're talking about time, am I spending it? Am I spending time that I don't have? And so it's like we all have the same amount of time. How can you spend more than not the other? Well, what I've found is that if you don't invest your time, and if you're not smart with your time, you'll neglect sleep, and sleep makes you tired. Sleep makes you... Lack of sleep makes you tired. 
more sleep makes you not tired. I, I kind of messed that up. But if you miss out on sleep, you grow irritable, and then you wear on your family, you wear on your relationships, and it creates a totally chaotic moment in your life. And so just a simple reallocation of your time can simply change the way your relationships are. Can change the way if you choose to invest in Netflix or if you choose to invest in dinner time with your family. When we choose these things, we are beginning to create margin in our lives and saying, I'm going to choose to invest in the things that are truly important. In our talents, am I holding back where I know that I'm gifted because I just don't want to maybe add another thing to my time plate? And so it comes back to time a lot. And then we give them to treasure, and this is the really important question. Does God have a say in how I handle my finances? And what we find out with margin is that it takes the three things we talked about, inward margin. It takes planning, it takes sacrifice, and it allows for spontaneity. When I choose to set a budget, when I choose to say, God, you get the first, and then I figure out what to do with the rest, God works the, that for his good, and it works it for my good. When, when I choose to sacrifice in areas because I know I'm giving to God, God works those things and he blesses me for them and he blesses the people that I might be sacrificing for. And finally, it allows for spontaneity. And the way that it does this is just like the farmers. If you choose to leave just a little bit of margin, you're ready to say yes when an opportunity arises to bless someone else. When you're able to say oh, I didn't know we were giving to Thanksgiving meals, but I have an extra $25 in my budget, and I would love to give a meal to help people that are in need here in this, the communities of Sumner or Bonnie Lake or Buckley. When opportunities come back, like when you feel real, God really telling you something that like there's a person on the side of the road that, you know, is asking for money, and so a lot of times we denigrate those people and we say, are they really that poor? Are they trying to just steal my money? But if you feel that sense that like you need to give something, but you don't have the margin in your budget to actually do that, when that becomes an excuse, that's time to create margin in our lives. And so it, it, it applies to all those areas. For time, creating a plan, finding margin in your time to begin to allow for something spontaneous to happen. And so maybe that for you is you need to margin time out so that you can read more, so that you can just have that time to focus and just sit. Maybe you want five minutes and you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to create five extra minutes tomorrow by waking up five minutes earlier, and I'm just going to get, start my day off right, and just pray for five straight minutes and say, God, what do you want to do in my life and in my heart and in the, my relationships today? It can be as easy, as small as that, or it can be something huge changes that maybe you need to make in your life. But God gives us the power to do it. And that's the important aspect. And so finally, thought three is generosity leads to thankfulness. And so if you know the big idea, I, you're, you could be like, well, I thought you just said that thankfulness leads to generosity. And well, now I'm saying generosity leads to thankfulness. And the reason that it does that, it goes back to loving others, is because when we're generous towards others, other people are going to look and be thankful for what we did. And the hope is that that thankfulness then translate to thankfulness to God. So that when I choose to be generous, when I choose to give of my time, my talents or treasure, or maybe my love, grace, and forgiveness, and that person feels that, 
that they're thankful almost to the point that they want to know where that is coming from in your life. And so you think about things like the big give. The hope is that out of generosity, people would be blessed in our communities and directed toward thankfulness on Thursday. Just say, God, thank you that I have a meal that I didn't know if I was able to gonna have if not for the big give. That people would be able to just be directed towards thankfulness through the generosity that we might have. And it happens on practical levels of, as well. Here at Open Life, I'm incredibly thankful and they're going to hate that I'm going to out them for their generosity, but Dan Schultz and Rick Ivey. I, my thankfulness is turned towards God for people like them who choose to give up their time on Sunday mornings to help set up here at Open Life. Like literally, I'll go, I'll go to bed at night thankful for people that offer their time here at Open Life. And so if they can do that, and so some of you are here and you're like, who are they? And then they probably like it that way. But the important thing is, is that you probably come here and you're thankful for Dave to lead us into worship. Or you might be here and you're thankful for Thad because of the way he greeted you at kids' check-in. Or whatever else. Each of us come here and we're, we're pushed towards thankfulness to God through the generosity of other people. And that's the important thing when we're talking especially about thanksgiving is that God has blessed you to be generous towards other people so that they can be thankful not just to you but to God. A statement on this, this blog that I read about thanksgiving said, God's blessings towards you aren't intended to only result in your thankfulness but to enable you to be generous. You have the ability to demonstrate God's goodness to others and this will result in their thankfulness towards God too. And so that's really powerful is that if I choose to be generous, I might not know how it works, I might not know how it ends up, but that person who I was generous towards might hopefully turn their thankfulness towards God. And that's the life of being transformed by Jesus. And so when we go back to the disciples and we look at them directly at the time after the death, resurrection of Jesus, they're left wondering, what's next? What are we going to do? I guess we should do what Jesus told us to do. And so what they did is they went into all the world and they started making disciples. And they did it in really specific ways. And so we read actually about kind of their philosophy of how they would do it. And in Acts 2, 42 through 47, we kind of get these summary statements of what the church looked like at this time. And it says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And so you read all that, and I just look, is, and I just want to ask the question, is anyone else challenged by that? Like when you read that and you see that's how the early church started and you apply it to my own life and to the way that we do church here, you're like, are we missing something? 
At the very least, I read that and I say there's more work to be done. There's more love that I can have. There's more ways that I can be generous. There's more ways that I can extend forgiveness. There's more that I can give in a number of different areas in my life. And that's the power of Christ. If you're just doing that, those things just because you feel guilted into it, that's not what God wants. But he wants to create this organic sense of people belonging to one another of people that are going to stand in the gap for one another through prayer, through needs, and through meeting those needs. And so I just think about the time of the year that we're entering into when we tend to to focus in on ourselves and we tend to maybe get a little greedy. It's like, I want this present. I want that present. And we get really, I don't know if you, like, I'm busy for the next month. There's so many things going on. And that's like the forbidden phrase, never say you're busy, but it's like sometimes a fact of life. There might be something on your calendar each night for the next month and a half. But to go back and apply the way the early church did it and just say they were devoted to one another. They were devoted to sharing in meals and they were devoted in prayer for one another. And how important that is and how we get to do that as well. And so as the worship team comes up to kind of end our service today. We're going to do something really meaningful that helps us remember this kind of sequence of events. God loves us, and so out of that, we're overflowing with thankfulness. The next thing is that our response is we choose to love God back, and we choose to love our neighbor And finally, that others would hopefully be inclined to thank God and turn to Him as a response to our generosity. And so if you've never taken the step to follow Jesus today, you're going to have that opportunity when we pray. And that's going to be really important for today specifically because all of us are going to partake in what we call communion, what that verse that we just read called the Lord's Supper And so it's just this opportunity for us to just sit and remember about the sacrifice that God gave for us. Jesus, on the night before he was betrayed, he sat there with his closest disciples, the ones who created what we know the church to be that we just read in that Acts 2 verse. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. He took the bread and he ate it and he said, When you eat this bread, remember me, for it represents my body. And then he took a cup of wine and he drank it. And he said, when you drink this cup of wine, do this in remembrance of me, for it represents my blood shed for you. And so we're going to do that today. We do it a little different. We use juice so that everyone can partake. And we dip bread into the wine and eat it as one. And so it's not in the things or the way that we do it. It's in the heart that we choose to do communion in. And today it kind of just has this other extra layer of thankfulness and a sense of just gratitude towards God to say, God, in this time, in this week of Thanksgiving and in this time, like the, for me, the day after the big give and just thinking about all those people and hoping that it, it, those meals meant something to them. It's just like, God, I'm thankful for all that you've given to me. I'm thankful for your love, grace, and forgiveness. I'm thankful that you've just 
propelled me to be generous with my time, talents, and treasures. And so we have that opportunity, not only on Thursday, but today in the next 10 minutes to go and take a simple piece of bread and dip it into a simple cup of juice and eat it and let that mean something transformative in our hearts and in our lives. And so the action point today comes out of that as well. We just want you to live generously. And so some of you need to do that inward work that's inside of you, that you're doing things outwardly that don't reflect the inward non-change. You need to make inward change so that those outward things reflect the inside. And some of you need to let the inward change that's inside of you come out and let other people see it. Begin to invest in love in grace and forgiveness in other people. Begin to take ownership with our time, talents, and treasures in those areas of our lives that mean the most. Living generously changes you. Living generously can change your family. Living generously, just like yesterday, can change a community. Maybe for one day. Living generously can change your neighborhood. Living generously can change the world if we choose to be people that live with hands open versus clenched fists. So I'm going to pray. And if you've never chosen to accept Jesus as your Savior, today is going to be the day to do that. Other places in the New Testament says to not take communion if you haven't chosen to follow Jesus. And there's no judgment here if you do not take communion. We want you to go at your own pace. And so if you haven't made that step, then just there's nothing wrong with not taking communion if you haven't chosen to follow Jesus. But it also says all of us are to self-examine our hearts and to really look, God, is there sin in my life that needs to be dealt with? Are there things in my life that I haven't given up to you? Am I holding, am I hoarding on to things that God, you want to deal with? And so as we pray, think about each of those things. And then once I say amen, you're free to get up over the course of the next song. Dip that bread into the juice and then you're eat it. And then just pray, worship, reflect on the way that God wants you to live generously. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity that this week provides to just sit and be thankful. God, I thank you for this series of we, as we talked about thanking you for every good thing, as we talked about honoring those that have done so much in our lives. And today, God, I pray, Lord, that we would begin to put feet to those things and begin to learn what it means to live generously out of the overflow of thankfulness that is in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that there would be people that let generosity run wild and that a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, we see just that change in people's hearts where maybe something different than the big give is happening, but it's equally as impactful in the lives of people in our community. God, let's just let our dreams run wild with your love, with your resources that you give us. And let us just be excited to pursue you in all areas of our life, God. God, if there's anyone here that hasn't chosen to follow you, God, maybe today is the day. And and so all you have to do is just say, God, come into my life. I choose to follow you. And God, for those that are self-examining, God, I pray for inward change and I pray for outward expressions of that change.
And I pray, Lord, that we would know and understand the depth of your love for us, that we may know and understand the depth of love you have for others. May we love you with our whole mind, our whole heart, and our whole soul. And equally important, God, may we love our neighbor as ourself. Show us how to do that today. We remember you as we take communion and we let it not fall on a deaf heart, but we choose to listen and respond accordingly. In your name, amen.